that we're friends Here is an album you would like Here is a book you would like I think you'd like my cat and also my dog Because we're friends Now that we're friends Now that we're friends Now that we're friends Now that we're friends, that we're friends. Hello Hi Hey. <laughs> so I'm Caroline Cabrera. I'm Ann Holmes. Next, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Sorry, Gail I didn't Thompson. know we had picked an order. We hadn't picked an order. Let's no. try okay. that again. Let's go alphabetically by last name. Okay. That's, yeah. Uh, I'm Caroline Cabrera. I'm Ann Holmes. And I'm Gail Thompson. And this is Now That We're Friends. Yay. Yay. All right. So Now That We're Friends is a podcast where you can call or write in with your advice questions and we will give you not advice, but (laughs) something even better, which is homework. (laughs) You'll get the idea once we start doing it. Just hang in with us. All right. So we're going to be friends with this one person who has written us an email. I don't know her name. Let's call her Benedictia. (laughs) Perfect. Rolls off the tongue. It sure does. <laughs> All right. I recently got a Facebook message from a guy who asked me out in the 10th grade. We dated, that's in quotes, for about six hours until people found out and he got embarrassed, at which point he dumped me on the ride home, on the bus ride home in front of everyone. I'm a well-adjusted adult now, but this was super hurtful at the time and actually still stings to think about. In his message, he told me the two things he most regrets about high school. They were, one, not taking AP physics, and two, treating me badly. He apologized for what he did, told me that he thought I was really cute and quirky, and then told me that the next time we're both back in our hometown, he'd like to get a drink. I do accept his apology, but I have no interest in reconnecting with him. How should I respond? Oh, boy. I want to speak for all of us when I say just like, ugh. Yes. So equating not taking AP physics and treating (laughs) someone badly, that's just like the biggest red, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Look, AP physics is really important if you want to be in science and when you get into college. It's just, it's like the foundation for your science career, Anne. (laughs) (laughs) I just think like... Any success you have in life is not going to be because you did or did not take a class in high school. Yeah. I also think him bringing that up is this guy thinking he's real cute, especially the ordering of the two. Oh, totally. And it's like, listen, dude, don't pat yourself on the back just yet. Okay? Let's just, let's cool cool our tits here. Also, the really cute and quirky thing. Ugh. It's too little, too late, and it's also condescending. Well, like, really cute and quirky just reminds whoever this person is that, like, oh, they're a little different. And they were a little different in high school, too. But and that's now why I you've grown up enough. It. Yeah. And it just, like, oh, it's like, good Lord. <laughs> Get it together, buddy. All right. What do we have to give to this person, to our new friend? Bene- Benedicta? What's her name? Benedictia. Benedict- All right. Benedictia. <laughs> we-, we got you, babe. <laughs> So I've had a couple of friends actually ask, like, later on in our lives, message me and apologize for, like, being kind of bullies earlier in my life. And it's a really hard line to, like, whatever that word is, straddle. 
Um, (laughs) Because you're like, you want to let them know that like, it depends on whether you want to let them know that like, it actually really hurt, but that you're okay and you're fine now. Or you're like, in order to like, let them know that everything's breezy, you can't say that things are breezy. You can't be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a totally well-adjusted adult now. So, and then go on (laughs) and on and on, because then that's not going to actually, that's going to, you're going to just sound as needy and quirky as before. And like, it makes them, it gives them back the upper hand. Yeah. And it minimizes the actual hurt that you felt at the time, which is valid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that he said he was sorry. Yeah. I think that there are a lot of, you know what? There are a lot of (laughs) people in the world right now, men in general. And this is like on such a smaller scale, even though it was a really shitty, hurtful thing. There are a lot of people not taking responsibility and saying sorry when they do the wrong thing. So yeah, that's like commendable in the way that like just being a decent human being is better than being a bad human being. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it would have been easier not to apologize than to apologize. It's everything around the apology that makes me say like a deep sigh. (laughs) So I mean, considering he broke up with this person on the bus ride home, he's interested in an audience (laughs) for whatever he does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And like this, he wants like somewhat, like he thinks this is going to like make him, like other people think that like, oh, this is a good guy. Okay, great. He's really, really owning up to it. Yeah. Whatever. He sucks. (laughs) The end. Yeah, that's clear. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So our personally curated homework slash forecast slash prescription what'd you say prescription prescription i thought you said chris christopherson (laughs) Christopherson. so your daily chris christopherson is going to be (laughs) lay your head on my pillow (laughs) yeah good oh god so person email now that we're friends we have homework for you okay my first instinct with this is to react just like in a really purely petty way so something that I like to do is, and I've, I've like, I don't do this a lot. I guess I do kind of do it a lot. I like to <laughs> pretend I don't know what someone's talking about because I think, you know, like it gives the easy breezy thing like tenfold. For example, there was a teacher I really didn't like at my high school and I saw her again at my nephew's graduation from the same high school. And I never even had this person in class, but she, I'm not going to get into it because I really am over it. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> She did something not so great that affected me in a, at the time, what felt like a big way, but now is like really not a big way. And she, at my nephew's graduation, she was like, oh, hi. And I just pretended I didn't know who she was. And I was like, oh, really? I don't know. I don't, you must not have, yeah, I I went here, but I don't think you sat here when I went here. And it just like made her head explode right in front of me. And that was super fun. Another version of this is if someone tries to name drop. (laughs) <laughs> just pretend you don't know who they're name dropping because it just like erases all the power that they're trying to get there. So in that vein, my first recommendation is a song I had kind of forgotten existed, but it's by the band Stars off of their album Heart. Oh yeah. And it's called My Ex Lover Is Dead. <laughs> and it's just like it's it's the the male singer and the female singer kind of like acting out this thing where they're former lovers who meet it's like, I God, it was strange to see you again, introduced by a friend of a friend. I smiled and said, yes, I think we've met before. So they kind of just pretend they don't know each other 
because they're not really the same people they were when they were together. And it ends with this line, close to the end is this line, I'm not sorry I met you. I'm not sorry it's over. I'm not sorry there's nothing to say, which I think is like kind of appropriate here, right? Like, yeah, definitely. You apologized. That's great. I don't want to get drinks with me. Like there's no more to say. Um, so that's my first recommendation. Your ex-lover is dead by the band Stars. Now, did you forget Stars or did you just pretend to forget Stars? <laughs> Ooh, burn. Someone named that Stars and I had to pretend I didn't know them yeah. for like a hey, whole second. You know, I'm going to a Stars concert this weekend. <laughs> I actually, this is a fun 2005 thing. I saw Stars open for Death Cab for Cutie in Orlando. Up. No, you didn't. I did. God. <laughs> and this was fun. So I was in college in Central Florida, and some of my friends were still back home in South Florida. And Hurricane Wilma came through, and the power was out in South Florida. And so the concert down in Fort Lauderdale got canceled, and they rescheduled it up in Orlando, Ooh. a second show up in Orlando. So all my friends from home came up. This was probably like October of my freshman year of college maybe September, October. And so like all my friends from home came up and stayed with me in my dorm room, like three or four different people stayed with me in my dorm room because they got, they had tickets and we're going to go see the show in Orlando and all of their work and school had been canceled. So they could just like be like free to have fun. My uh, best childhood friend, Julie worked at a burrito shop and she just took all the cheese out of the freezer refrigerator because it was going to go bad. So we just had like tons of cheese in my little mini fridge. So yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. I could never forget the band stars. It was really, it was divine. (laughs) They were, they were a song. So I was a part of a live journal group community. I think they were called communities. Um, And it was called like the most perfect song. And you would like post a few of the, like a collection of what you just thought were the most beautiful songs. And that's where I still have many of the songs I think are very good today. Um, <laughs> but that one was, it was a, it was a star song. I don't think it was from heart. I think it, I don't know where it's from. It's, but it's called look up. Okay. Um, and the, it's like rain is falling, looks like love. And I mm-hmm. thought it was the best song in the whole world. And that's it. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so I think that, that's a great recommendation, Caroline. Thank I you. also first went in a kind of petty direction with, Ooh. well, I have a couple petty things that maybe I'll mention. The first is also a song <laughs> and it's this 90s kind of like punk song by this band L7. This really oh, yeah. cool like girl punk band in like the late 80s, early 90s. And they wrote this song called Shit List. That's basically oh just like, the lyrics are like super straightforward. As any good punk anthem, there's like very few lyrics. They're just repeated over and over. But it's like, okay. it's this song that I often think about. And when I thought of this, I was just like, this is perfect. But basically the song is like, when I get mad, when I get pissed, I grab my pen and I write out a list. All the people that won't be missed, you've made my shit list. And then it's like, for all the ones who bum me out, and then they're like screaming shit list in the background, for all the ones who fill my head with doubt, for all the squares who get me pissed, you've made my shit list. And then they just like keep shouting shit list. And I was just like, you know, before we really address 
this valid question. I just thought, you know, <laughs> people like this just screw them. Yeah. But also, he did apologize. But, you know, my first instinct was to be mad. And then we can kind of move from there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what my mom says to my dad. It's like, you know, you wouldn't have to apologize if you'd have just done the right thing in the first time. Like, right. <laughs> it would be so much easier if you just did the right thing. That's all. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, apologizing is great, but, you know, it would have been really cool had you just been not a douchebag. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's good oh, advice yeah. to us all. I have my own petty, I have a couple petty things. And then again, we can talk about those petty things a little bit later. One is a little bit more highbrow, perhaps. <laughs> and one is, is fairly lowbrow. <laughs> we got a lot of brows going on. <laughs> going high, are we? You and I went, went the I know, wrong kind I know. of petty, apparently. <laughs> no, no. I think what I'm going to do is, what is it? I see your pettiness and I'm going to raise you Reba McIntyre's Take It Back music video from 1992. All right. So when I was thinking in the shower about this person, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of was trying to think like, how, how do they want to see themselves now? And I imagine that they, it's like pretty clear that like, they're kind of still affected from things in the past and like, they're trying to move on and they like can kind of recognize that they're strong and that like, they've come a really long way and they've kind of worked through some stuff, but then at the same time, they're a normal person and they're still hurt by things. So I think it's really cool to kind of play into that fantasy of like, yeah, well, guess who the hell I am now? I'm this great person. I'm this like bad bitch or whatever. And so that, and again, like that's, I think like starting with petty and then like raising it to like, oh, you know what? And so this is why I really like this song, Take It Back. Um, and I will walk you through the music video because I think that's the most important part. Like the main point of this song is like, basically the guy asked her if he could live with her and she gave him the key and turns out he's been gone all these times. Like he's like, he comes home with a bottle of Chablis and she's like, bitch, I don't drink wine. That bottle is not for me. And so like she recognizes all these things and she says, <clears throat> you said I stole your heart away by looking in your eyes. I wonder now how many times you sold that pack of lies. If this is how you act when you give your heart away, we'll take it back. Take it back. I hate to steal your thunder, but your plan days are through. At least they are with me, because, babe, I got no use for you. Tonight, laying on the street, babe, your bag is packed, so take it back. So anyway, we've got this, like, really, it's, like, revengeful, but so this video is incredible. <laughs> it is set in a courtroom, okay? And the judge, <laughs> the judge is sitting there, and he goes, like, all right, plaintiff, all right, everybody who has names that I don't know anything about the court. Are you ready? And they're like, we're ready, Your Honor. And he goes, where is this? And he has his reading glasses on. He goes, where is this? Reba? And then <laughs> she busts through the door. And apparently she's playing like the prosecutor or whatever. And she has this like beautiful silk green. I mean, because if you know Reba, you know her red hair. This like bright emerald green silk blouse and like a tight black skirt. And she like stomps in and she like shows up struts slowly and like the camera like slows down as she walks in and like everybody starts taking pictures and the defense lawyer who is played speaking of friends by mr heckles the guy who lives upstairs that neighbor oh, guy right. mm -hmm. he looks at her and falls and like all of his files drop as she like walks in he's like whoa, 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 whoa. and he gets all like whatever butterfingers i guess 
then, so a lot, you know, then she sings her song and like the jury singing during the like intermission, the judge gets up and plays the saxophone. <laughs> the intermission? The intermission, whatever. The like, the, the, like the bridge. When, when the, oh, okay. Okay. I thought you were saying like, you know, the part in court where they <laughs> no. stop for, for you can pee and get another yeah. drink. And then they turn they <laughs> the like, intermission. I just yeah. thought you meant this. Like the song is so long that there's an intermission, like a play. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's give you a break. We've had enough for right now. No. Okay. The bridge. Sorry. The bridge. The judge starts saxing all over the place and the jury gets up and they're dancing in this like incredible thing and they like pick her up and she's like flying anyway it's the whole thing oh then she lets her hair down which is the best part so it's like up in this like tight bun and then like halfway through she like lets it out and lets all this red hair go so it's really just incredible because the guy who's on the witness stand which is apparently this man that she's talking about he's a doddering fool like he's just an idiot you can even tell, even though the whole thing is obviously not, there's no speech in it, except for that judge going, who is this Reba? Um, <laughs> but like, you can't tell that he's not like, but you can tell he's like not able to say a word because she's just like, she's Nancy Grace all over. She's got him. She's like coming up with all this evidence and like why he's cheating and like why she doesn't need him. And he's just like, but, 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 like through the entire courtroom scene. And it's incredible. I just think that playing through this and watching and imagining yourself as our dear friend Reba is just the best thing that our friend can do in this situation. Just to start out, you know, like you can start out angry and then move into, you know what, take it back. I have no use for you. Done. Which I like. That was incredible, Gail. That really was. Thank you. I really want to watch this music video that I don't think I've ever seen, oh which is terrible. It's incredible. I have so many thoughts about Reba McIntyre entering my head at the same yeah, time that know, I can't I say them all. I'm going to go ahead and just go with this one, which is that once when I was living in Denver, I went to a burrito place and the guy was wearing a Reba McIntyre t-shirt while he made my burrito. And I said, Hey, nice t-shirt. And then he gave me a still in like the like plastic packaging Reba McIntyre CD with my burrito. Oh my God. I don't understand it to this day. Like he just yeah, had where it. Where did that I come from? So yeah. Who knows? It was like right back there with the burritos. <laughs> oh yeah, so he was like making your burrito. Yeah, he made like oh my god. He was like one second and like turned around and like as he gave me the burrito, gave me a CD, and I was like, haha, what? And he's like, it's yours. I was like, are you sure awesome. this wasn't a dream, Caroline? <laughs> I'm positive. I have it. Oh my god, I was just gonna tell you I had it in my car, but it's my old car. I have no idea where it is. Maybe I made it up. <laughs> But no, I really, I honestly didn't make it up. This happened. Oh, man. Well, I'm someone who actually has a real couple of Reba McIntyre CDs in her actual car. Yeah. I have it. It's probably in the the box of stuff from my old car. But I have one more like anger related thing. This one was just like the first thing that popped into my head, which is that like if reading things like this makes you feel a certain dose of misandry that you could spend it (laughs) watching. have, Have you guys seen... A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night? No. no. Okay. It's phenomenal. It's a black and white Persian language vampire movie from probably like 2014 or 2015. And you know, I don't, I don't do horror movies, but I really loved this. It's not like a traditional horror movie. It's called like a vampire Western. And it's by the filmmaker is this woman, Anna Lily Amarpour. And I actually don't know if you would call her the main character, but in my mind, the main character is this vampire that like walks 
alone at night and then kills the men who try to attack her. It is beautiful. It's like a beautiful movie. I don't actually remember what happens in it other than that. And I think it gets kind of depressing, but it is like so satisfying to watch. (laughs) So I recommend it to Benedictia just to like get out any rage you're feeling. Yeah. But I also recommend it to both you guys. And it's not too scary for you, Gail, because I watched it. And you'll love it. Yeah, it's like sounding familiar to me now. And I'm really excited to watch it. So good. Yeah. So is it, I mean, is it how, like on a ratio when it's scary, how much, like, is it, because Caroline, you know my scary thing, right? Like I'll watch, you know, messed up shit all day, but if there's any pop out, I'm, I'm done. How much pop out? I don't. I don't like pop out. That's the thing that like, I, I hate being startled in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't recall it being startling at all. Right. I did watch it probably three or four years ago. So I don't remember specifics, but I remember thinking like, it's kind of eerie. Like the whole setup is kind of eerie, but it's not scary. And it's certainly not, I mean, like you're not scared of her and she's the evil thing, I guess, in it. You're like on her. Well, I don't know if you're supposed to be. I was on her team the whole time. <laughs> okay, great. <so. laughs> Perfect. Uh, Caroline, what is, or not Caroline, sorry. I'm still learning y'all's names, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's only been 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anne, our friend Anne, <laughs> what is your recommendation? So this is just, this is just really quick, but it popped into my head and then I went down this like rabbit hole of nostalgia, thinking back to being like a tender teenager when all of this, tender teenager. when like all this shit went down for benedictia right i mean Mm -hmm. it's like the most vulnerable time in your life everyone's terrible you're already self-conscious and your body's doing weird things and girls are mean and anyway i thought of my my body was totally normal yours is yours must have been the weird one (laughs) thank you for validating all of my (laughs) insecurities (laughs) appreciate it no i (laughs) I went back and was watching like YouTube videos of now and then. Oh my God. I just think like those girls were best friends and they were just like around these boys who like just taunted them. I specifically watched a couple times the scene where Christina Ricci's character, uh, Roberta, I think was her name. I know Uh, I'm not remembering. Where like no, it's Roberta. They're like playing softball, and Devin Sawa is the pitcher. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot about Devin Sawa. He was so dreamy. All of the boys in that movie all looked the same to me, so I couldn't even tell you who he was. I mean, that's that's totally fair. Um, But there's this kid like sitting on the fence who's just like taunting the girls and saying like, "Girls shouldn't play softball. Like girls suck." Blah 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 blah. And she just drops her mitt. And walks over to the fence and punches him in the face. Nice. And I'm just like, you know, all this just like teenage angst came back to me. That's perfect. And then she grows up to be Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, which is like amazing, she right? Does. I mean, if we mm-hmm. could only be so lucky. So I was going, first of all, I want to say that that scene is the scene I remember most from that movie. I remember watching that movie at... Lucia Gomez Sanchez's sleepover party when I was probably, I don't know, sometime in elementary school. I also remember that my mom repeatedly called the movie Now and Later, <laughs> like the candy. And I also had, I had suggestions kind of in the same vein. 
for me, we're kind of moving past the rage part, but to the like soothing your teenage soul part. Cause I think like, I'll know what that feels like, whether it's with something that happened with like your peers or something that happened. I feel like siblings are really good at this sometime, like digging up these old hurts that you're like, God, I'm so over that. But for whatever reason, when I think about it, it's just like, I get this bad feeling. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to recognize that like, you might not still be that teenager who is so vulnerable on the bus, but like love her. And so I think in order to validate and care for that girl, I had a couple just like teen films I thought might be Perfect. fun to revisit. One is Never Been Kissed, which has a lot of problems with it, I think. Oh, totally. I just rewatched that movie like last week. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies from my teenage years. And she was, you know, she was such like, she was Josie Grossy. And then she goes back and she's like so much more sure of herself. So that's kind of what I was thinking with that one. The other one I was thinking is 10 Things I Hate About You because I just just wanted- The best movie. Sorry. So good. And Julia Stiles just being kind of like- pissed off is my favorite type of teenage she is the reason why i wanted to go to smith she's the reason why i felt okay reading the bell jar she's the reason why i wanted to wear crop tops and long big pants um (laughs) she's the reason for everything truly god that's good that's really good I guess like if we're already here, I'm going to go ahead and do my tender, tender teenager one. And it's a song that I just a couple days ago started to listen to and I really like it. And I might completely butcher the name of the artist, but it's it's a song called A Letter to My Younger Self by Ambar Lucide. And I'm going to call it Ambar Lucide because there is like Spanish mixed into the song. So I'm just going to pronounce it Spanishly. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the lines that I really love is the universe is going to give you muchas flores, which mm. I just love it. And it's really sweet. And I think it's tender enough for our friend. Yeah. And then I 100% moving from tender back into a little bit of a coming back into your own sort of thing. I also have been reading Khadijah Queen's I'm So Fine, mm. uh, a list of famous men and what I had on. And I thought it was just really great because like the one I read a lot was there's the one where she meets Prince and Prince call and I say she the narrator our narrator our speaker meets Prince and like he calls her up on stage but she's too scared to so she just stays and sweats there's like a couple that are in here that's like I'm trying to find the one I was looking for uh, well here's so this is the one that I like that made me really think oh this is a book I'm gonna recommend for our friend so and it's all these different, so like each poem is just like a different man that she meet, that a different, like probably like usually famous man in some way, like sports figure or movie star or whatever. And obviously they're not real. I thought they were real at first and it was really great. Um, <laughs> so this one is Terrell Owens, private message me on MySpace. I didn't believe it was actually him, but he insisted and said I had a nice smile and I returned the compliment. That was way back when his career was promising and his body fat must have been at zero. And when I said how cool it was that our sons have the same name, I didn't get any more all caps messages. And then <laughs> this one is about Usher, which call me up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. A guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, it's not actually, so Usher, I don't want to like break your heart, but this one is not actually about Usher. He just shows up. Okay. 
I'll, I'll allow Thank it. You. A guy I chatted with online tried to impress me with and every other woman with his selfies with Usher and various other celebs I couldn't name because I don't watch sports or nearly as much television as I used to. And he also called me cutie. I'm 40 years old. He called me girl. And my patience for such thoughtlessness has fully waned. And the exchange makes me realize my definition of seduction has all the way changed and makes me wonder how long I have to wait for the world to change too and makes me think my fragility, my accumulated ailments, means I'll just have to miss out on certain things. And because I'll have to stay home a lot to heal, maybe I might not ever meet my match, especially not one who thinks before he speaks. And he said, I did three video shoots this weekend. What did you do? And I said, I signed a contract for my fifth book and I'm working on a PhD application. He said, doing the most I see and I see too. (laughs) And that's how that is. <laughs> that's so awesome. I highly recommend the entire book. I can't pick one thing. That's wonderful. Yeah. Anybody else? In a poetry vein, I have, mm-hmm. you know, I really wanted a poem to recommend. I started thinking about Dorothea Lasky and I didn't have a particular poem in mm-hmm. mind, but I went back to awe because her poems are just so much about being a vulnerable woman and like mm-hmm. addressing that in ways that I remember when I first read the book, I didn't think poetry could do it in that sort of like very blunt, straightforward, vulnerable way, if that makes sense. There's this yeah. poem in awe. I won't read the whole thing, but it's called The Second Lesson, The Second Appurtenance. And the last stanza just really made me think of this situation. And this idea of, well, I don't know. I'm just going to read it. For the women are the bodies that will make you come into being. You will not know this for a long time. You will sit stupidly and drink milk. I just think this guy (laughs) was an asshole in high school. And it also makes me think of this idea that girls mature faster than boys. And like, he's now what, like in his 30s and he's starting to like realize what a non-human he was in high school and this idea of like you know Mm -hmm. women are kind of going through stuff and they're sort of making things happen and I like that he just like fucking drinking milk just sitting there stupidly drinking your stupid milk and then like 20 years later he's (laughs) like oh shit like yeah so that's actually that brings me to the point I'm really pissed off about that I forgot to bring up earlier would he have apologized if he didn't want to bone this girl right That is a great question. Yeah, because this is all sort of tied to this idea that not only does he want to apologize, but he wants to, like, reconnect. Right. Yeah. So I have a recommendation that kind of gets into what we're talking about now, which is that I feel like men, (laughs) we are so used to men being the protagonists in stories, right? And everyone gets to be the protagonist in their own life. That's how it works, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. But he... He's really, in reaching out to her, he's acting like a protagonist and he's treating her like an incidental character because he wants to say sorry and he wants Mm -hmm. to feel fully forgiven. Like, he doesn't just want to say sorry and get like, oh, it's fine. He wants to get like, you know what? It's so fine that I would love to get a drink with you. Mm -hmm. You know what? Next time I'm in town spending time with my family, instead... I might take some time out of my my evening and get a drink with a person who was rude to me a decade ago or whatever. It's so absurdly self-centered. And that made me think of the novel Fates and Furies mm-hmm. by Lauren Groff, which Anne, I think you've read, right? 
Yeah. So excuse me, Gail, you've I've not... borrowed it from the library. Oh. <laughs> you have stared at that. It's cover. a really great <laughs> cover. I will I will read it. I want to. It just I had to give it that's the thing about library books, you know? You only have so much time. Yeah, it's true. So I also read this from the library, so I don't have anything from it to like read, but just the general thing is like, it's the story of a relationship and the first half of it is in the guy's perspective and the second half of it is in the woman's perspective, but it's not like treading the same ground. It moves forward chronologically so that by the time you get to her perspective, they are older, but you can see how her, her personality is different than he you know, from his telling, you expect her to be very different than she actually mm-hmm. is because she's just kind of like the window dressing of his story. And I guess that's true, like back and forth, but him getting to go first and really like you're introduced to him as the hero of the story or whatever, as the, and then getting her part right. after is like, it changes so everything to me in making it so good. It does. It really recasts everything you've read up to that point. And it makes me think, so yeah, I just think Everyone should read this, but I think Benedicta, Benedictia Benedictia. would enjoy it. (laughs) Sorry. I'm so sorry, Benedictia. (laughs) I think she'd really enjoy it because I think like, it just like, it takes the story away from the guy and it's like, no, 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 no. You were there. Sure. That also makes me think about, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not recommending Mrs. Maisel to Benedictia. I'm just recommending it in general. But when Phil and I were, first watching I had seen first season one of the marvelous Miss, Mrs. Maisel on my own and then Phil and I re-watched it this past fall when the second season came out and after like the first episode Phil was like yeah you know I just don't believe that like like at the beginning we get that that Joel and Midge are so in love and blah 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 and then like the switch happens so quickly I just don't get why Joel is is all of a sudden cheating on her when like, it seems like at the beginning of the episode, like he's super into her and the time hasn't shifted that much. And we were talking about it. And I was just kind of like, you know what, Phil, you're not used to seeing a man used as a plot device to drive a woman's story forward. (laughs) Because we shit like that with women in stories all the time, Uh but you're not used to seeing a a man cast in that way. And it's, discomforting for you you know and he was like oh wow you're really yeah. right um that's a really good point that's just yeah i, I assumed joel <laughs> had some sort of nervous I, I just kept waiting for joel to kill himself because like and like not even in a not even like in a bad like a mean <laughs> way like, i was like god joel kill yourself but like <laughs> I, because they do like they do a really good job with it where they like for me anyway you do still empathize with him like you see him kind of just fucking yeah. up everything and like nothing is going right for him and it's just so clear that everything like he doesn't know where he is and he doesn't even know why he's doing anything anymore which is where I was just like dude if I were him I'd absolutely I don't know what I would do so I'm really glad he did kill himself (laughs) um but yeah I mean that's like that was the way I took I was like he obviously just there's something that's beyond whether he loved her or not was like a whole a whole other thing and I think it's really interesting Mm -hmm. to think about it as him as a plot device but then also like even though obviously the the show isn't like totally her like she's not like first person it's all from her but it is kind of like in her perspective a little bit it's yeah. it's her yeah world. and yeah. so like i can imagine like everything is totally fine until he decides to tell you that he's cheating on oh, you yeah that's kind of how a lot Absolutely. of things are <laughs> 
that's, yeah, that's what I, when we first started talking about it, I was like, I think that's probably right. how it felt to her yeah. too. I think that's how it looked to her too. And I was like, listen, we need her to split up with him because we need her to go into the club yeah. the first night and do the, right. like, that's, we need her to line. win. That's we how need it her works. To be her you're not used to that being a Yeah. But then they also, again, do it in the very, very empathetic, and it's got some ethos into it because Definitely. you're, you're not just like, well, screw him. I hope he dies. You, <laughs> and like he goes away he's like totally still a part of everything so yeah which is how it is yeah well i have one more thing and it it's kind of self-explanatory and it is a song by a little singer you might know of as brandy <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i was thinking about brandy this week were you do you yeah. just often think about brandy? i think about yeah brandy. <laughs> i think i do I think yeah. I do. yeah uh but it's a song called moving on Ooh. and it's a really good one, and I won't go too far here because it's pretty, again, pretty self-explanatory. But the chorus is like, so if the role don't fit me, got to be moving on. Because if it don't work for me, guess I'll be moving on. And the whole thing is just keep moving yeah. on, keep moving on, keep moving on, and on. And you know what? You got to do. go. Get out of here. Yeah. So actually, the Brandy song that I was singing in my car is Almost Doesn't Count, which also Ooh, yeah. Almost Made Me Love You, Almost Whatever almost made it actually because she no it doesn't because she's she's talking about things that she did wrong she's like almost made you love me almost made oh, gross but no. i mean not that this never mind gross. it's not your fault benedictia it's not your fault brandy's still wonderful. not your fault <laughs> anybody else <laughs> i guess i have maybe a final recommendation for myself I which do too. is i do too to read shrill by lindy west Which I just think, like, is a really, really powerful essay collection of her kind of coming of age in a really, obviously, like, patriarchal culture. She's contending with, you know, for women to be, like, quiet and thin. And it's just sort of, like, her way of just sort of, like, catalogs her story of, like, coming up in the world and, like, realizing that women should take up space And I just think it was just a really empowering collection to read as a woman and be like, you know, I can take up space and my voice does matter. And obviously there's, you know, there's a lot more themes in there than that. But it's sort of this, like, you can look back and you can say, like, that was really shitty. You can say, like, Benedictia, you know, you can appreciate this guy's apology. You can say that it was hurtful. But, like, you also can just say, like, I'm not interested in meeting up with you. You shouldn't have to apologize for denying that request. Totally. Because, you know, it's women are so conditioned to like apologize and to speak quietly and you can still be gracious in this moment, but also not not grant his request. I mean, I don't even think you need to even mm-hmm. if you didn't want to, you don't even need to acknowledge his question, which was my thing, is just just to respond simply and say, like, you know, thanks for reaching out. This was really hurtful to me at the time. I really appreciate you getting in touch. I hope you're well. That's it. Yeah. See you later. See you and later. don't even acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Because like who wants to yeah. who wants to rehash this? And, that- and he doesn't you don't you don't owe him anything. And that was so kind and wise. <laughs> That's our end. <laughs> 
You said something about being gracious in this moment. And I feel like that's how we're trying to live our lives all the time. And so I think showing her the way to do that is great. I wish I had gone before you because my last recommendation (laughs) is not. It's okay. I have a quote from Rihanna that we can kind of wrap this up with. So yeah. All right. I will just be a little isthmus between Anne and Rihanna. Oh my God. I've never wanted anything more. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? I want to recommend a song by They Might Be Giants called Why Does the Sunshine? Nice. (laughs) Because, you know, I think that we just want to acknowledge the physics part of this question. So (laughs) I wanted to throw some physics there for you. And I really just like They Might Be Giants. And I think that song is really charming. And I did not take AP physics, but I did like this song. What? And this is like the... The sun is a mass of incandescent gas. You know, you know the one. Um, And when I was looking it up today, I learned some interesting things about it that I want to share with you. The first is that I didn't realize it's a cover of a 1965 song from this. uh, There was a series called Singing Science. There was an album called Space Songs. And this song was written by Tom Glazer and Dottie Evans. And then the more fun thing is that I read like a 2017 article from the Smithsonian Magazine that was talking about how the sun is not actually a massive incandescent gas. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. It's this astrophysicist, Mark Weber, who goes, a gas is a state of matter in which the material is not ionized. So all of the atoms still have all their electrons. And really, the huh. sun's gas is in a state called plasma. Someone apparently informed they might be giants about this. And in 2009 they reissued the song with why does the sun really shine? The sun is a miasma of incandescent plasma. (laughs) (laughs) So they apologized. They like recognized what they did wrong and fixed it. They were wrong and they fixed it. And also moving through this with grace is Mark Weber, the astrophysicist who says, the sun is a very interesting object of study. People shouldn't assume that we've moved on from the sun. (laughs) I love it. I, I guess I had. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't imagine that we could, yeah. but, you know. Sure. Well, great. That's all Thank I got. Thank you, Caroline. So what, what does Rihanna have to Rihanna say about Rihanna apparently this? once said, the only time I'm looking back is if my ass is in the mirror. And I think that's a really good piece <laughs> of advice that we should all take into account. Um, I'm not saying that Rihanna definitely said that because I only got it from a Tumblr or a Twitter account, maybe. <laughs> However, it was actually Shakespeare pertinent. Yeah. It's, yeah. There we go. <laughs> it is very pertinent to our situation. That's like the perfect oh wrap God, up perfect. to this question. I think we've come yep. full circle. It is. Benedictia. Yeah. 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 I think we, uh, now we're, I friends. Think we're done here. Great. Now we're, now now we're friends. friends. <laughs> now that we're friends was recorded in front of a live studio audience made up entirely of our pets. Your hosts and three new friends are Caroline Cabrera, Ann Holmes, and Gail Thompson. Our producer is Lisanne Haunted Mirror Ramos. Our theme music is provided by Gail Thompson. Now That We're Friends is an O Miami production. If you want to ask us for advice to receive our recommendations, you can send a voice memo or written email to newfriend at omiami.org. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NTWF Podcast and on Facebook at Now That We're Friends. Thank you.